0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and timeshare exit specialist, Brendan Tuma. Tuesday, time to talk some waivers, guys. So after we get through the news and notes, and there are a bit today, we're going to get to my top 10 waiver wire pickups for this week. But first, let's talk about TickPick because I have been searching for Christmas gifts for my kids. And I was on TickPick as I usually am anyway. And you know, I always talk about how they give out seats and tickets to nfl games now it's the best place to go when you want to buy seats to nfl games but they have seats for everything i'm looking for concert to some singer that i don't even know the name of but apparently my daughter likes and also i want to take my son to a celtics game for christmas so i'm looking at that and they have a ton of seats available there but you guys are listening to this you're football fans i'm sure you want nfl tickets That's why you got to go to TickPick. They don't charge service fees. They guarantee the best prices on tickets to all NFL games. They're going to give you 110% of the total purchase price if you find a better price for tickets on any other site. And no service fees is a huge deal. They have saved their users over $55 million. They've now teamed up with Zip. That allows you to buy now, but pay later for all your tickets. Just choose Zip at checkout. Split your ticket purchase into four installments. Download the TickPick app. Use the code PROS for $10 off your first order. When you select Zip at checkout, again, that's code PROS, $10 off your first order when you download the TickPick app and select Zip at checkout. All right, let's get to the news and notes. Aaron Jones' MRI reveals that he had a mild MCL sprain, and the expectation is that he's going to miss one to two weeks. Note that if he misses one to two weeks, he could, in fact, miss the third week, which is the bye week for the Packers that they have in week 13. So I think you just read the tea leaves, given how well the Packers are doing Chances are he's going to miss the next two weeks, have the extra week for the buy to recover, and then come back in week 14. That's a long time, so obviously A.J. Dillon rises in value. Hopefully, I mean, he's able to come back, Aaron Jones, next week, but he's certainly going to miss this week. Cordero Patterson is also probably going to miss this week. So he's dealing with an ankle sprain and, quote, it does not sound optimistic for Thursday night. According to Tom Pellicero, we're going to talk about Wayne Gallman when we get to the waiver wire pickups, but... Needless to say, the Falcons are going to have to find some other way to generate some offense on Thursday night. Saquon Barkley is reportedly trending towards returning in week 11, and he reportedly looked good during Monday's practice. And again, the Giants play next Monday night, so they have a little extra time here. Andy Reid says that Clyde Edwards-Alaire has a pretty good chance to play in week 11 against the Cowboys. I mean, if you roster Darrell Williams, you're really not looking forward to this at this point because Williams has been great. But uh, if edwards Allaire is back, he goes right into your starting lineup. Damian Harris did not practice on Monday. Now, this was an estimated injury report because the team is playing Thursday, and that is going to factor into our waiver wire analysis, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Matt Rule said that Cam Newton is going to take most of the first team reps ahead of Week 11 versus Washington. You should expect him to start in that game. Brian Flores told reporters, That Tua tunga is also going to start in Week 11 against the Jets. If you are desperate for quarterback and you need a streamer and you can't grab Cam Newton, Tua is going to make a fine streaming option in Week 11. Baker Mayfield is considered day-to-day with his knee injury. Colt McCoy suffered a pec strain in Week 10, but the Cardinals, if they need him to start over Kyler Murray this weekend, he is expected to be healthy enough to do so. There are suggestions that Cole Beasley's playing time has been affected by a rib injury suffered in the first week of November. I mentioned on the Fantasy Bros football podcast that uh, Beasley's inconsistency just makes it very tough to start him with any confidence, so this could be your excuse to move on from him. C.D. Lamb described his Week 11 injury as a charley horse that kept really nagging. I expect him to be fine. Again, they were way ahead in that game. So probably nothing to see here, but let's monitor this as the week goes on. Brandon Staley says that Mike Williams' knee injury has been a non-factor despite having low numbers the past four games, but there are rumblings that it is still bothering him, whether it's a knee, whether it's his performance. Williams drops pretty significantly in my rest of season rankings. Chase Young was confirmed to have a torn ACL. He'll miss the rest of the season. Minka Fitzpatrick was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, and TJ Watt might not miss any time with his hip and knee injuries. All right, let's get to my top 10 waiver wire pickups. These are players rostered under 50% of leagues. Also, I'm recording this again during Monday night. So if there's a development in this Monday night football game, we'll just have to address it tomorrow. My number 10 pickup is Cole Komet. Komet has 20 targets over his last three games, and he finally had some production against Pittsburgh with six catches for 87 yards on eight targets. Now, Jimmy Graham still factors in particularly around the goal line a little too much, but Komet's role has grown over the last five weeks. And with Justin Fields beginning to look more comfortable, he's someone who should see a solid weekly floor, which is gold for a tight end. He's not the best bear on this list. He's not the best tight end on this list. But if you are struggling, he is worth consideration. And number nine, it's the Dolphins DST. You remember our draft season when the Dolphins DST was not supposed to be bad and then they were like the worst in the league? I'm not sure what's happened over the last few weeks, but they have figured it out and it's not fluky. 17 17- Fantasy points against the Texans, 18 against the Ravens, nine sacks and six turnovers in those two games alone. They've always had the elite secondary in name but not performance, but now they've got both, and now they get the Jets, who allow the second-most fantasy points to opposing DST. This is your week-winning DST. Don't hesitate to go after them aggressively. At number eight, it's Dan Arnold, the second tight end in the top 10 waiver wire list. You know, what's weird is that tight end is oddly deep right now. Chances are you can find a guy that you are willing to roll out there. But, you know, we try to make Marvin Jones the thing. We try to make LaVisca Chenault the thing or Jamal Agnew. But the pass catcher in this offense that you want is Dan Arnold. 24 targets over his last three games, at least 60 yards receiving in four of his last five games. He's really the one consistent piece on the Jaguars offense outside of James Robinson. I mean, you've got other guys I'm not even going to discuss here. Tyler Conklin, Logan Thomas, they can be at it as well, but none of the tight ends provides the consistency that Arnold does. So if you're struggling at the position, that is your guy. Number seven, it's Cam Newton. He's not going to rank as a QB1 this week against Washington or even when he starts, you know, consistently. I can't imagine that for most weeks he's going to be a QB1, but you can see from his nine snaps how easy it's going to be for him to have some value. At the goal line, he probably is just going to be that goal line back, and he also tops that touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson, in part because at the goal line, his running ability is just going to open up some lanes and some options for his receiver. Now, it's not clear how healthy he is. Remember, he's basically been battling a shoulder injury forever. He had a foot injury, claims to be healthy. He certainly looked strong, and he's been off for a while, but you really don't need that much from him. I mean, He just needs to execute the Matt Rule offense and do his thing around the goal line. If you're struggling at quarterback, he is an easy choice for an ad. And again, he could start for you this weekend if absolutely necessary. At number six, it's Deonta Foreman. Um, Foreman's very clearly the best back in Tennessee, right? Like, we we don't have to debate that. I mean, numbers aside, though the numbers were far superior than anybody else, 78 yards on 13 touches, you just watch that game against the Saints, and you know if Tennessee ever turned the reins over to him, entirely, he could be a superstar with the way they run their offense. But there's no real reason to expect them to do so, and that is the problem, and that's why he ranks here. The team just continues to win somehow. They're in the driver's seat for the number one seed. There's really no reason for them to push Foreman, a guy who they may rely on heavily once they get to the playoffs. Really, there are only two ways that this could go to give Foreman a ton of value. Number one, he just forces their hand with how dominant he plays. That could happen immediately. They play Houston this week. Maybe he has a ginormous game and that's all she wrote. The second is if Adrian Peterson gets injured and they really have to turn over to Foreman. This is much more of a long-term play. You don't want to start him this weekend, um, but it's somebody with a ton of potential if one of those two things happens, So you should add him, keep him on your bench for now. At number five, it's Wayne Gallman. Cordero Patterson, like I said, is almost certainly going to miss Thursday's game against the Patriots. Now, Gallman had been totally uninvolved before Sunday. I mean, eight carries for 33 yards total on the season. But then against the Cowboys, 15 carries, 55 yards, a catch for 21. Mike Davis has been terrible, okay? And that comes to somebody who recommended Mike Davis. I apologize for that, but he has been bad. Without Calvin Ridley, there's really nothing in this offense except Kyle Pitts. They need to find somewhere else to go. With a short week against the Patriots, which has a solid defense, but they're far more vulnerable against the run. And they're just going to take away Kyle Pitts, right? You know, that's what Belichick wants to do. They're middle of the road in terms of fancy points allowed to opposing running backs. And we're not even sure whether or not Gallman has completely usurped Mike Davis. I mean, again, 15 carries for 55 yards. That's not blowing the doors off or anything like that. But at the very least, you have to think that on Thursday, he's going to be good for double digit touches. That's going to make him at worst a flex. probably not a long-term solution at this point. I mean, Cordero Patterson's ankle injury doesn't sound terrible, but he's almost like the opposite of Foreman, okay? If you need short-term value over longer term, this is more of your guy. At number four, it's Elijah Moore. This is his third straight productive game here. Six targets, three catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Now, at least six targets in four straight games, at least 67 yards or a touchdown in three straight games. Well, we talked about it on the waiver wire pod on the Fantasy Bros. Football podcast that we recorded early on Monday about some of my concerns. First, this touchdown came in total garbage time with Joe Flacco against Buffalo, that just hard to get really excited about his production here. Second, with Corey Davis back, you want to see his snaps stay up, his routes stay up, and they really didn't. I mean, Jameson Crowder and Corey Davis were basically in on every snap, they were running every route, roughly double the number that Elijah Moore ran. I mean, Moore was rotating in with Keelan Cole for most of the game. So I'm not sure what it looks like with Zach Wilson here. I mean, remember weeks two and three, he combined Moore did for 14 targets. So it's possible he still gets the work, but this was actually not that encouraging from what I saw in Buffalo, just given how uninvolved he was for the majority of the game. So it's a little bit more of a wait and see guy for me, ton of potential for sure. He's one of the better ads of the week, but he's not somebody who I think is going to make this absolute immediate impact. At number three, it's Darnell Mooney. Now that he has passed us by, we can push our chips in a little bit if we've been eyeing Mooney. Again, as I mentioned, Justin Fields has just been much better of late, and Mooney has only one game with fewer than five targets. He's got three touchdowns over his last four games. Now, the Bears are not going to suddenly morph into a high-volume passing attack, as we've said, like doesn't matter how well Justin Fields is playing. That's just not what the offense is going to be. But Fields can and will take some shots downfield. And Mooney has a 25.4% target share. That is the 14th highest in the league among wide receivers. The schedule upcoming is pretty neutral for wide receivers. So if Fields really has taken a leap, and he's now had also the bye week to further kind of acclimate to the offense and get comfortable, Mooney's probably going to come with him. So he's definitely worth an add, in my opinion. And number two, it's Michael Gallup. Really tough to draw too many conclusions here because of the lopsided score against the Falcons, but five targets, three catches, 42 yards. That's pretty encouraging in his first game back. Lamb sat some. Again, we talked about his Charlie horse or whatever he had, but it was encouraging still to see Gallup play so many snaps. He saw six and a half targets per game last year. Even with a lower pass volume this year, he's probably going to come in around that number. Dalton Schultz is probably the guy who's going to be hurt by this, by the way. So don't worry too much about Amari Cooper or CD Lamb. Although, if anything does happen with CD Lamb here, as he is battling that little injury, it would mean great things for Gallup. Gallup's just a talented wide receiver. He's in an elite offense and he hit the ground running. That's a top ad for me at the wide receiver position. But your number one waiver wire ad this week is Ramondre Stevenson. I'm not sure why he's so widely available. He's rostered in like 21% of leagues. 24 touches for 114 yards and two touchdowns against a very tough Cleveland defense, by the way. Don't forget that. We've really got two paths with Stevenson. Number one, as long as Harris is out, he's a borderline RB1. Number two, when Harris is in, he's probably at worst a startable flex. Now Again, they have the Thursday night game, and he was Harris was the estimated did not practice. So I think we're likely looking at option one here, at least for one more week on Thursday. Also, don't forget, like, let's say Stevenson factors in, but he's not the main guy, and it's Harris. Harris has had fumble issues earlier this season, and the only reason they couldn't get away from him is because they didn't have another option. They didn't feel comfortable with Stevenson. Now they do. Harris could lose work if he struggles there, especially because Stevenson, again, is more of a pass catcher, way more than Harris is. So what you have is a guy who likely has a ton of near-term value and, at worst, decent long-term value. So he's somebody to add right away. And that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again to TickPick. Remember, download the app, use the code PROS, get $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'll be back again tomorrow morning.